Welcome and thank you for joining us today for our podcast, A View from Meadows Collier. I'm Joel Crouch, partner at the firm, and joining me today is my friend and colleague, Annie McGinnis. Annie's practice focuses on income tax and business planning and corporate law. She has her undergraduate degree from Texas A&M University and her law degree from SMU, where she was a, a magnum cum laude graduate, Oof, impressive, and her LLM in tax uh, from New York University. Andy, thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. So let's go back and let's start at the very beginning. Okay. So where'd, where'd you grow up? I'm from Frisco, so about 30 minutes outside of Dallas okay. area. So you're from this area then? From the burbs of this so area. So when, when you graduated from high school in Frisco, did, how many high schools were there? I believe there were four at the time. So things have changed a little bit. There's Like 10 now, right? I think there's 12 to 16. Things change pretty quickly. It's double digits now. Okay. So you grew up in this area. Um, so, and then you went to, first, which high school in Frisco did you go to? Centennial. Centennial High School. And then you went to Texas A&M. First of all, why, yeah, why, why Texas A&M? I went and toured it. I, I looked there. I looked at Tech. I was looking at you know, the traditional colleges here in Texas and just loved it. No tradition prior to me. I decided to start one. So <laughs> now my family goes to Texas A&M. Okay. So when you were growing up, did you always want to be a lawyer? No. What did you Absolutely do? not. <laughs> what, 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 when, you went, when you went to A&M, what was your plan? I was actually pre-med. So I started out as a biology major and quickly discovered I did not like dissecting things. So that got in the way. I had wanted to be a pediatrician originally and then had to change paths. So how quickly did you change paths? Second semester of freshman year. Oh, wow. I was part of the look to your left, look to your right. Those people won't be here, speech at orientation. So you never even made it to organic chemistry, right? I did not, no. Wow, you were out quickly then. I was one of the weaker ones. So you you get out of doing, uh, you decided you didn't want to be in the medical field. Um, So what was the next thing? I mean, what what, what did you decide? you, You got your degree in political science. What was the idea there? So I was in just the required political science classes and had a professor I liked. And so my dad has been a paralegal at a law firm for decades. Um, His good friends are attorneys. So had been around the law and, uh, you know, that doesn't seem terrible. I liked the political science classes. So I, I stuck that route, changed my major to political science and that. The rest is history. So with, with the intent of going to law school? I did, yeah. Okay. So you graduate from A&M and you go to SMU. Why? Any, any particular reason you chose SMU over somewhere else? No, I kind of looked all over for law school, you know, some in Texas, some outside of Texas, but I loved the campus. It was beautiful. It was obviously close to home. My parents are still in Frisco. Um, I just really liked the environment, and it was a lot smaller than A&M, so it was a nice change. So when, when you went to SMU Law School, was the plan to go into tax law? It was not. I, well, I know that's shocking. but what was, what was your plan? To be honest, I didn't really have one. I knew I did not want to do family law. I really didn't want to be a litigator. I didn't want to stand in a courtroom. So I, I had a long list of no's. But um, other than that, didn't really have any idea. And someone told me tax was on the bar exam. So I took income tax. And that was kind of where that started. And I liked it. So what you you said your father, is he still a paralegal? Yes. 
And what what kind of firm is he in? So he is at a family law firm. Okay. So that, he's done family. That that was the one reason I, I knew at least to steer clear of family law. It wasn't for me. So you took one class in income tax, and and then that kind of you kind of went oh. I kind of like this. Yeah. So how many classes did you take in tax at SMU? I think I took four or five at SMU, um, all with the same couple of professors. Uh, Professor Hannah was who really got me interested in tax, and, and I think he's one a lot of people here probably credit that too. So. So, and you obviously did well at SMU. You were Order of the Coif. You were, uh, like I say, magna cum laude graduate of there. You were on the Law Review. You were associate managing editor one year and staff editor. Did you write a, a, a did you write an article for the Law Review? We did. Yeah, we had to do a note and then a comment, one each semester. So I did both of those. And if you're going to ask me what it was on, <laughs> I'm going to fail that pop quiz because I cannot remember at the moment. <laughs> did, it, did it get published? I don't believe so. I don't think so. Okay, so you were you were going through, and you were when did, when did you decide that you wanted to pursue an LLM? I knew fairly early on. I would say so. I took the intro income tax class my first semester. I think of two L year, liked it, and took another class the next semester, and talked with Professor Hannah about you know what my options were since I really enjoyed the tax law courses and he had mentioned getting an LLM you know was a very popular and frankly recommended route so he had kind of planted that seed and by the end of 2L year I really knew that's what I wanted to do so, so did you you consider obviously you went to NYU did, what what other places did you look at for your LLM I looked at Georgetown and then Florida. I didn't go tour Florida, but I did tour Georgetown. So those were really the three that I was considering. So why NYU? It's consistently been one of the top programs for the tax LLM. Um, and so I, I felt like that really strong background and reputation was going to be helpful for me launching my career. It was what came recommended from my professors as well. They went there. They have a lot of experience there. And frankly, I... I can't say at the time I liked the environment of living in New York, or at least the idea of it, but my dad's family is from the East Coast in Jersey, so it was close to extended family and was a good opportunity. So had you, you never lived in New York before then? I had not. I'd never lived outside of Texas okay. before had, had you ever been to New York before then? I'd been, yes, once or twice. So on one of our prior podcasts, our good friend Paul Budd tells us that when he got into the LLM program, he just showed up one day thinking he could just get an apartment immediately when he moved up there and realized, oh, no, I'm going to have to go live in a VRBO for two weeks. <laughs> Please tell me you planned ahead a little bit better than he did. I did, thankfully. I uh, didn't have that experience. I did. I went up there after I got admitted with my dad to figure out the housing situation go actually visit New York again as an adult and actually got really lucky. They had just redone a bunch of the law school dorms. And so it was right across from the law library, but it was really just on campus apartments, no shared kitchens, no shared bathrooms. It was basically just my own personal shoebox. Um, so I got really lucky and got picked for one of those. So I did not have that debacle. So how big was this shoebox that you were living in? 425 square feet. 
Is that basically one room plus a bathroom? Is that what yeah. it is? Okay. Kitchen oh. kitchen in there, too? There was a kitchen. All the appliances were miniature. <laughs> so even the oven didn't hold a full-size, like, it's cookie like a, sheet. Is it like an easy-bake oven or something? Basically, yeah. <laughs> that fridge was not mini. It was, you know, three-quarter size. And so everything was very small. Did you like living in New York? It grew on me. By the time I left, I did. I would say I loved it. Originally, you know, starting out, not so much. Obviously, you must have studied a lot, but did you get around in the city while you were there? I think I spent a good deal of time playing tourist. I tried to prioritize that. I, I also studied. I did study, <laughs> not to worry. Um, but I was very fortunate with uh, my course load and the way the kind of the timing of the classes worked out. So yeah, I spent a lot of time playing tourist. I had people visiting and showing them around. So I had some fun. Did they stay in your little little hovel that you were living in? For the most part, they did, yeah. They did. So what were some of the favorite things you did while you were in New York? I think the food was one of the biggest things. There's just so many varieties of things, and there's a restaurant every five feet, which uh, Dallas has a lot of restaurants, but it's just not to the same caliber with the variety you get. And just the people watching, it, it's unreal. Just You can sit in a park, enjoy the nice weather, and see the weirdest things. So... Okay, is it Washington Square that's right there? Mm-hmm. I've always heard that's an interesting it, place to go watch people. It definitely is. <laughs> um, go during the day if you're going to go. But, yeah, there's all kinds of gatherings, you know, art performances, just all kinds of weird stuff. You think it changes at night is what you're saying? It absolutely does, yes. So what goes on at night out there? So. I tended not to venture there at night, but it, it, it did have a bit of a reputation for unsavory drug-related activities at night uh, that kind of people would come out of hiding and go there. But during the day, it was just packed with every person you can imagine. So uh, did you ever go and see any Broadway shows or anything like that while you were there? I did. I saw a couple. I saw Wicked. I took my mom and grandma when they visited. That was great. Yeah. And a Real, Dear Evan Hansen as well. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not seen that, no. It's very sad. My cousin didn't tell me this going into it, and everyone was sobbing by intermission. So heads up there. It's okay. a little sad. <laughs> a little sad there. Okay. So you graduate from NYU. Well, let, let's go back a little bit. When did you interview with us? Your, your fall or spring? I interviewed here in the fall. I think I'd only been in New York about two weeks when okay. I interviewed with Meadows. Did, did you interview on campus? Did somebody come to campus? Steve and Anthony did, yes. Okay. Okay, and you still you still came here. Okay. I did, yeah. Despite no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Despite all that. So, was your was your plan always to come back to Texas, or are you thinking about New York or someplace else in the country? I had always planned to come back to Texas. I knew I wanted to be in Dallas, and so I had asked some professors beforehand, you know, contacts to reach out to you know, firms in the Dallas area that were known for their tax practice and had good good tax practitioners. So I knew that I was coming back. And frankly, I knew I wanted to be at Meadows already. So, Oh, wow. That's very you know, impressive. I, I kind of picked it. <laughs> so you were stalking us. I was, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that's perfect. So you interviewed here in the fall. Well, you interviewed with them on campus. So I don't remember any of this. And it was not that long ago, it seems like. But but I don't. did, did, did you interview with me while you were here? I think so. I don't know. Some people, who was it? 
somebody had a vivid recollection of interviewing with me. Oh, it was Brian. Brian Spiegel did. Really? He told a story about interviewing, and he was sure that I didn't like him when he when he interviewed. I so. have a vivid recollection of some other folks at the interviews, <laughs> but I can't say that I have one of you. Um, but that was also early fall. So I think I had accepted a job here within a month of oh, really? being in New York. Yeah. Wow. So you knew exactly. No wonder you, you messed around I, in New York. Here you had your job. I did lined still up. study. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Although you're stuck with me now. <laughs> any any favorite courses while you were at uh, NYU? I loved partnership tax. And I, I took it at SMU, retook it at NYU because the professor, uh, Noel Cunningham, oh, he wrote basically the, wrote the book. What's, what, yeah, what's tax. the book? What's his book called? Uh, the Logic of Subchapter That's K. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. So I wanted to take it again with him. Actually had to go ask to be let in. It was full, uh, but loved it. Got picked on every day, but it was still great. He was one of my favorite professors. So, uh, any anything other than partnership tax? Anything else that that stuck out while you're? I mean, I didn't love my tax procedure classes. I don't know if that's the kind of stick out you want to hear, but that shouldn't <laughs> be a surprise based on where I landed here. Yeah. So, when when you were going to NYU, did you know what tax area you wanted to practice in? I knew I wanted to do transactional side. Yes, I had done tax clinic at SMU, which obviously. You get limited experience in a semester or two, given the the speed of you know IRS interactions and getting POAs on file, things like that. But I just I didn't love it. I liked my corporate tax classes, my classes on reorganizations and mergers. So I knew that was kind of where I wanted to to head. Is there something in particular that draws you to that? It's just kind of like a puzzle. You know, some people like to do Sudoku. To me, the, the code says, the code and regs say what you can do. I mean, there is some wiggle room and there's some case law, you know, gray areas, but it, it's a puzzle. And to me, it was fun to kind of fit and see an actual end result, get someone from point A to point B. So you start here in the f- spring of 19? Yeah, I think spring, summer. Spring, spring, yeah. summer of 19, and immediately jump in, and it was you and I think Steve, right? Mm-hmm. It was the two of y'all doing yeah. it. And what, what kind of stuff have you worked on while you've been here? I feel like it's kind of run the gamut. I We primarily deal with individuals who own closely held businesses, smaller companies um, that they've started essentially from the ground up. And, you know, I think when I first started, I did a lot of research on some of the more complicated areas, but also did a lot of transactions, things like buying and selling companies, mergers, um, cleaning up corporate structures. So I I got a lot of hands-on experience right off the bat and um, worked with Steve. I've done a fair amount of work with Kristen as well. Kristen Cox. Yes, on the corporate side. Um, Obviously, primarily tax with Steve, but that was kind of my starting was M&A from both sides of things. Okay. In, in your time practicing now, have you, what, what's your favorite thing and least favorite thing about practicing so far? Other than, you can say timesheets because that's just about what everybody says. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say my least favorite is the billable hour itself. I don't even know that it's the timesheets, so accounting would say it probably is. <laughs> but I think it's the billable hour itself is definitely my least favorite. It just, it's not fun. No one likes it. But I would say my favorite thing is, and this may be the 
the common cookie cutter answer, but the people, whether it's the clients or the colleagues, I just think that the people are what make it a lot more enjoyable. I mean, I could go sit and read the tax code all day, but it's not very fun to do that. So the people I get to interact with are really the best part. Well, let me ask you another question I didn't tell you I was going to ask you ahead of time, which was, which was, is there something in particular that drew you to this firm? I think it was the reputation of the attorneys, just their, everyone's experience, education. I mean, you see it on the website, but a lot of the people here have LLMs or CPAs. Um, They have this extensive experience and it just showed that they all really wanted to be the best at tax and really put an emphasis on their education. So your career has been pretty successful so far. I hope so. <laughs> so is there anything in particular you can attribute that says you can attribute that success to? I think it's a combination. I I knew what I wanted to do fairly early on, and I think that helps a lot kind of getting you in the mindset of what you where you want to be. But even if you don't have that, I think that just hard work and, frankly, the people I've met along the way helped a lot and just getting to be around people who are willing to teach because – I mean, it's it's no piece of cake to bring on new attorneys, you know, baby lawyers and have to teach. But we, we have a lot of people that do that and have no problem sharing their knowledge. So I didn't I didn't mention this at the beginning, but I guess I should uh, that 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 Annie is probably one of the leaders of setting up happy hours for the associates up up here. I think she's I think she's the primary person setting these up. Or at least she says she denies that. I think, but um, based on the intel I have, I think she's I think she's the leader of that pack. Am so I allowed that, to plead the fifth? On, yeah, you on can the plead. You, you, you don't have to answer anything. <laughs> no, I do. I, there's several of us that kind of work together to to plan things. Uh, Cody and John are big on helping plan things, but I do spend a lot of time trying to put together associate activities and things like that because I just I think it helps a lot and it does a lot for the firm and just the well-being of everyone. So, what, you know, you've been practicing for a little while now. Somebody starts here. If they came to ask you for advice on how to be successful in their legal career and what, you, what you've done so far, what would you tell them as far as something you, you might tell them to say, look, this is, this is one thing that worked for me. Um, do this. Yeah, I think for me, and this probably kind of repetitive on my favorite things and some of the other things I've said, but I think I would say listen to the people around you and not necessarily listen in the sense of do what they say, but kind of be a sponge and see what other people do. Talk to more senior associates, the partners, you know, even the assistants who've been here a long time know kind of what tends to work from an organization standpoint. Just everyone's knowledge is helpful when you first start and you truly know nothing about practicing law. I think cultivating those relationships and always being kind to everyone you interact with. It will help you so much and you'll really see it pay off when you need help down the road and it will help you to learn and be better. So my my last question to you is going to be, so you've made it very far in your career so far. I think most people would say you've been very successful in your career so far. How much do you think you can attribute that to skill and hard work and how much to luck? I think luck definitely plays some part, but I would say more so hard work and and I guess skill to a certain extent. Um, I think that really focusing on learning and wanting to be the best and my work ethic got me a lot of the way. 
there's obviously some luck getting to to work here, work with people that want to help and put me in situations where I'll learn. You know, you could be the smartest person alive and work really hard, but if you don't have the opportunities, it doesn't it doesn't get you anywhere sometimes. So I think it's a combination, but I would say primarily hard work is for me what I think has been the biggest thing. Okay. I think it's a good answer. So this has been great. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. So we will uh, we hope that you'll join us for more firm podcasts. A new podcast will air each Monday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also receive the latest episode in your inbox by subscribing at podcast.meadowscollier.com. The firm also offers free monthly webinars on the first Tuesday of each month and blogs that you can subscribe to from the firm's website. Learn more about Meadows Collier at meadowscollier.com. Thank you for listening.